Welcome to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast with Sakar Kali. During this program, you will hear guest experts sharing their experiences, best practices, and market insights. We discuss investing in multifamily apartment complexes and how a busy professional can passively invest hassle-free in various opportunities. Your host, Sakar Kali, owns millions of dollars of assets and has done thousands of value-add projects over 20 years now. So listen in for insights. Here's your host, Sakar Kali. Welcome, friends. Here at Premium Cashflow Podcast, I want to welcome everyone. Here we talk about great advice and interview guest experts. We talk with experts who can share their knowledge, research-oriented articles, share the demographics, and give us sage advice about how investment investing in real estate can be great. Today, I have Ben Ben Frederick uh, Leeds. He's a lead uh, realtor and a broker at uh, Ben Frederick Realty. Uh, he's done generations of real estate. He's like, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ben, you're like the third generation into this now. Third uh, generation, yes. Absolutely. So, right. without further ado, Ben, I want to welcome you to the show, and I think the audience are gonna love your sage advice and the experience that you bring to the table. So, I really appreciate you taking time today to speak to me and share your uh, advice and your experience around all of this. If you don't mind, Ben, let's get started. Uh, if you could share, you know, just a bit more about yourself. Um, I know I just give a slimmer of this uh, of your introduction, but if you may, <laughs> Car, thank you for having me as a guest on your show. Um, you and I have worked together for a couple of years. I really come to admire you and respect you for the way you manage your properties, the way you take on projects. Thank you. Like <laughs> in your real estate skill, I mean, you've come, you know, from into the real estate business, you know. And you've learned a lot and you've done really really well with your projects so i really appreciate thank you our, our relationship and enjoy working with you it's a pleasure to be here and just to share with your audience um, you know uh, i've known ben for almost three four years now uh, over the years of course i have seen him in the community and being active uh, whether it's landlord boards or different community boards or housing boards i've seen it all and finally actually two years ago i had the opportunity to work with him and buy apartment buildings uh, from ben and i think they've been just great so without further ado ben if you may share with our audience like what is investment real estate and specifically uh, if you may address like how great is investing in baltimore like uh, i mean just to give a context like you know we live in the suburbs of virginia and uh, washington dc for example and we know how expensive those markets are so compared to uh, just 50 miles down the beltway we are at baltimore and the surrounding uh, neighborhoods so if you may uh, elaborate or tell us about how great baltimore is and uh, you know uh, what benefit it brings to us well, uh, if you're a football fan, you know, you love, you got to love the Baltimore Ravens. And yes. the Baltimore Ravens are just kind of like that hardcore, you know, blue collar, let's get down, let's get dirty, let's dig it out. And the, Ravens, the Ravens play the best when they are the underdogs. And that's really, that's really endemic of Baltimore. If the Ravens go into a game and they're the favored uh, team, 
you know, a lot of times they don't do so well, but when they're the underdogs, boy, they really, they get out and make it happen. And that's really, um, you know, a very good analogy for Baltimore as a whole, because we have Washington, D.C. is 20 miles to the south of us. Absolutely. And the nation's capital. So it's the nation's capital. I mean, they've just got high growth and high value, high income people. And so it's just a, you know, just it's the capital of our nation. What can you say? Uh, so uh, Baltimore kind of takes a sidestep and is a step down from that. So that's kind of what we're competing with uh, when we talk about competing for real estate and real estate capital. At the other end of the spectrum, New York is just, uh, you know, New York is less than 200 miles to the north of us. So I can jump in my car and I can be in downtown Manhattan in less right. than three hours. We get a lot of people coming in from uh, from both New York and also from Washington, D.C., and they're attracted to Baltimore because of its quaint neighborhoods. And really, there's value in Baltimore, whereas New York and Washington, D.C., they attract capital from all over the world. And it's hard to compete with capital from all over the world. But when you can get into a world-class city like Baltimore and uh, and not have to compete with uh, with international capital, it means you can make a reasonable rate of return on your investment. And just to continue your point further, Ben, as you said, I think there are very few cities uh, which are thriving like Baltimore, where someone can purchase a investment asset, whether it's apartments, uh, large scale apartments, you know, let's say houses, townhouses, and still make a cash flow. You know, that's the fact that I really love about Baltimore is that you have a thriving town around these big, you know, gigantic um, metropolitan cities like DC, Virginia, Northern Virginia and things. And you can get into like extremely safer neighborhoods in that 100,000 price point. And if we shift to like apartments, for example, you could be in like half a million to a million and you're owning like about, let's say, uh, perhaps 10 units, 12 units, things like that, at a cap rate of anywhere between six to eight, and you still cash flow very healthily. And one of the facts I also love is these are all vintage brick buildings, very solid construction. They are not going anywhere. And just the whole benefits in general that it brings, I just love that fact. And uh, personally, when I saw these aspects, I said, you know what, I'm going to ignore the news media and go right in and expand. And at, at this point, I think we are well over 200 houses, townhouses, you know, apartments and things of that nature. I just, you know, couldn't be happier. Like coming back to the apartments, Ben, like at my company as premium cash flow capital or premium cash flow.com, we mostly talk about, you know, like how we can provide value to busy professionals and help them with knowledge experience and have them the opportunity that they can come in invest the capital and partner with us or uh, you know lead syndicators mm -hmm. and you know just grow their you know, income slowly but surely and real estate in general is a great vehicle that i think beats most of the asset classes in general so if, if you may elaborate ben uh, like sort of the salient points or benefits that real estate brings in and provides, you know, like a stability to someone's uh, investment portfolio. I'm a real estate broker. I've been a real estate broker for 38 years now. And Absolutely. so I work, my specialty is apartment buildings and investment property. So I have a lot of people come to me and they say, I want to invest in real estate. 
I sit down, I meet with them, I talk about their goals and objectives. And when somebody says, I wanna invest in real estate, I'm like, real estate is not an investment. And the reaction I get is like, well, what do you mean? What of course mean? real estate's an investment. <laughs> yeah, of course we can invest in real estate. I'm like, no. Real estate, when you buy an apartment building, you're not investing in real estate. You are getting into the rental property business. Business, absolutely. You are in the rental property business. So you're running an operating business. If I go out and buy stock in Apple or Amazon, I'm not running their businesses. I'm just writing a check and I'm sitting back and watching them do all the work. Right. Real estate doesn't work that way. I write a check and then I start working. <laughs> That's very true, very true. And I think, uh, as you said, Ben, you know, it's, it's knowing what are the elements involved and you know how you you like if there are issues how you can address them i think uh, one of the facts i really love is being resourceful is great you got to surround with great people and have great professional crew and uh, to take the story further i think uh, if you want to maybe elaborate on you know like the different things like you know cash flow tax advantages appreciation and equity build up just to give an overall picture of how someone makes that investment in real estate, not just cash flow, but the other benefit that it brings in, you know. Yeah. So on the uh, on the investor issue, so it helps to have if you can't run the properties yourself, you don't right. want to hire a third party property manager. If you right. just want to invest in real estate, you need to get with a partner who has operating experience. You want somebody who knows how to run this stuff, how to deal with, knows how to deal with day to day issues. Right. Very, very important if you're going to get into real estate and you don't want to work yourself, partner up with somebody who's willing to do experience and the capability to do that. Right. As for, uh, you know, real estate's a beautiful thing. There really are four ways you make money in real estate. The right. first way is cash flow. So right. cash flow is pretty, pretty straightforward. You collect your rents, you pay your utility bills, your property taxes, you pay your mortgage. Right. And you get some profit at the end of the month and that's your cash flow. So right. cash flow is pretty straightforward. That's what most people think about. The second way you make money in real estate is through appreciation. So hopefully the value of the property is going up over time. And the great thing about real estate is leverage. So let's say you buy a million dollar building and you put 20% down and you have an $800,000 mortgage. So you've got $200,000 invested in this property. If that property goes up in value, just 5% value has gone from 1 million to a million and 50,000. You mentioned, great, I made an extra 5% on my investment. That's not the whole story because better. <laughs> I, I only have $200,000 invested in this project. So a $50,000 increase in value against the $200,000 investment, that's not a 5% return on investment, that's 25% increase in my equity, increase in my wealth position. So that's really one of the great benefits of owning real estate. Now, the third way is equity buildup just through paying off the mortgage. Even if the value of the property doesn't go up, over time, I'm gonna be paying off my loan and my mortgage balance is gonna be going down. And that means my equity is going up as my mortgage gets paid down. So even if the value of the property doesn't change at all, I'm increasing my wealth, I'm increasing my equity. And who is it that's really paying the mortgage? It's the tenants. The Absolutely. tenants are paying the mortgage. So the tenants are increasing my equity every month. You know, in a typical scenario, so that I, the, the numbers that I run, you can see, you know, three, five, seven percent increase in your equity every year 
simply by paying down that mortgage. Absolutely. So that's the third way you make money in real estate. And then the fourth way is through tax savings. So real estate is a tax advantaged investment opportunity. You'll pay less taxes because you own real estate than if you invested in other things. Correct. Because real estate has certain tax advantages associated with owning real estate. So we've seen people lower their marginal tax rate by 15, 20, 25% as a result of owning real estate versus if they just left the money in the bank or if they invested in stocks and bonds. Correct, correct. That tax advantage will add uh, a point, two points, three points, four points to your overall rate of return is the tax advantages of owning investment real estate. So you combine those four uh, different things, cash yep. flow, appreciation, equity buildup, and tax savings and you've got a heck of a good investment. Right, right, I love it. And the fact you said about leverage also, Ben, is that there are very few asset classes where you can say that, okay, I'm gonna put down 15, 20, 25, 30% and own a bigger pie. And obviously tenants are paying the mortgage. So just the whole beauty of it is just unbelievable. And when you reach a certain scale and you can be, you know, completely sort of financially free as I am, it just opens a whole door of opportunities where you can be like, you could looking at like much, much bigger apartments and things like that, which basically we are, we're just now starting to look at, you know, 80 units, 100 units and attract the capital because, you know, we managed our properties all day long from day one we've been managing we know how to deal with issues and things like that another thing i want to like maybe draw attention for the audience to is that people don't realize that when we invest our savings in a bank you're barely getting one percent but on the back end the banks are looking for like stellar investment opportunities where they can park their money and all the investments and all the investment um, real estate is run by all these banks investing all kinds of capital in these projects. And guess where they are coming? They are coming to me, to you, to look for these stable opportunities where they can go and invest the money. So when I go to all these uh, different meetings with VPs and presidents of the bank, I continuously get asked that, okay, do we have any projects where their bank can invest with us? And we're talking like millions and millions of dollars. So just the idea that, okay, I need money to get started or I need a lot of money to get started. I think I wanna like, you know, lay that claim that you don't need a lot of money. Although you can't be broke, you need some money to do it. Yeah. But there's, if your investment is very sound, and it gives the benefits, as you said, that I think there's plenty of money that can be found and you know you can be financially, on your way to financially free, I should say. Um, also Ben, uh, I know you are a CCIM designated broker. So I wanna like draw attention to, you know, like your, like what is CCIM, what is involved, and more importantly, why people should know that partnering with a CCIM broker, what are those salient advantages when it comes to all the investment real estate? Yes, so uh, CCIM stands for Certified Commercial Investment Member. It's sure. kind of a weird acronym, but it's what it is. So it's, uh, it's conferred by the National Association of Realtors. 
And the CIM is a designation for people that specialize in commercial and investment real estate. And we say commercial real estate, it's really income producing properties is what we focus on. So we go through very intensive, uh, there's a series of five graduate level real estate classes that I take, dealing everything from cash flow analysis, discounted cash flow, uh, internal rate of return calculations. Uh, we study the tax implications of owning real estate that has everything to do with, uh, you know, opportunity zones is a new thing, expensing of commercial real estate, uh, the expense deductions we can get, uh, depreciation, 1031 tax vert exchanges. We study all of these things. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, we also uh, study a site analysis. How do you determine if a good, if a property is in a good location, what makes a good location? Sure. Mm -hmm. we study demographics and trends in the industry and understand how that impacts housing. And then uh, there's also the people skills, negotiation skills, understanding people and how you relate you know, the physical assets to people and their needs. So it's five graduate level classes. We have to do two demonstration reports. This is like a 40 or 50 page uh, term paper where we, where we take on a property, a transaction that we have done and demonstrate to the graders how we've used the techniques that we learned in CCIM to help people achieve their goals. Mm -hmm. Finally, and then there's experience credits and a final exam. The comprehensive final exam is the last step towards getting your CIM. So in the universe of real estate agents, uh, there's a million real estate agents in the country. In the United States, there's a million real estate agents. There are about 7,500 CCIMs. So CCIMs represent, <laughs> represent three quarters of 1% of the universe of real estate agents. Wow. <laughs> people that have really you know, committed to learning, to gaining the skills and the knowledge to really understand the impact and the implications of um, you know, helping people get into good real estate investments. Right, right. Absolutely. Thank you, Ben. I, I think I want to draw like our audience attention to something that you said about demographics, job growth and how it relates to housing and things like that. So one of the things or the most fundamental things that folks do during apartment investing is study the trends where the submarkets are uh, heading like where the industries or the are moving so there is a, a like a huge job growth like population is obviously increasing and stuff and apartments in general tend to be the least common denominator in housing like you know rents between 700 to a thousand nowadays are depending on your submarkets are like the bare basics of what you need to be there and when you're talking like large level apartments you know small rent bump which we basically did at our apartments is that the rents that were like 750 we took them up to like 785 825 so that's very small bump in rents multiplied by the number of units you know just increases how much your income is and at the base of it is your NOI, is your net operating income. And as we all know, the investments are all analyzed and valued on NOI. So once this whole game of increasing the NOI works, it's unbelievable that you can have a property that's worth, let's say maybe 600,000 and you bump it up, you're suddenly into a 725K or 750,000 uh, valuation. 
and it's just do knowing you know as you said you know knowing what the dynamics are whether there's a university at the corner or there's a hospital at the corner that's going to provide you that housing and always increase the occupancy well, of that gets back to one of the great things about baltimore so if you invest like in the south you go into florida texas markets like that those markets man they go up and they go down uh, right. So in Florida, you have this big building boom, and then it reaches a peak, and then it crashes. Right. Texas, we've seen the same thing. Colorado, we've seen the same thing over and over again. Go through these horrible, extensive real estate uh, recessions, actually depressions. In Baltimore, our because we're so close to Washington, D.C., a lot of Baltimore's economy is related to the federal government. We have the Social Security Administration is located right here in Baltimore. The Healthcare Finance Administration is located right here in Baltimore. Uh, NSA, the National Security yeah. is just south of Baltimore. Right. Uh, Fort Meade and uh, Aberdeen Proving Grounds. So those two bases, when the government reduced the bases, uh, the military bases throughout the country, Fort Meade and Aberdeen, they actually grew in size. So they closed other bases and moved them to this area because we're so close to Washington, D.C. Absolutely. So when the economy goes down, the government doesn't shrink. Absolutely. We don't lose those jobs. Right. And when you think about the federal government, there's also, you think about the lawyers, the lobbyists, uh, the defense contractors that are all located in this area to be close to the federal government. Again, right. they're really insulated from the wild swings of the economy. The other major factor in our economy is Johns Hopkins. So Johns Hopkins, they run Johns Hopkins University, one of the top rated universities in the country. They run Johns Hopkins Hospital, one of the top rated consistently, one of the top three hospitals in the country. Uh, they run the Space Science Institute. The Hubble spacecraft is operated right here from a facility right here in Baltimore. Right. Applied Physics Laboratory. Hopkins is into so many things. So many things, yep. I'm told, I'm told that one job in 10 in the state of Maryland is somehow related to Johns Hopkins. So Absolutely. I, I rent to Johns Hopkins students, so I'm one of those one in 10. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and another fact also in that, Ben, is that all these jobs are high paying jobs. So what I always like to say is that one high paying job can create anywhere between two to three other indirect jobs, whether that could be, you know, your pizza restaurant down the street, yeah. a thriving Starbucks or any like food joint and things like that. The thing of it is, it's like the, you know, the university and the medical system and these sort of things, it's not like you know, if you're in Detroit and you have cars, you know, your right. economy is going to go up and down based on the car industry. Texas, your economy is based on the oil industry and the oil industry is going up and then it goes down. Right. But, but government and institutions like Hopkins, they don't go down. They just keep steaming along. So very, awesome. that provides a very stable base for our economy. That makes for a consistently strong rental market and consistently right. for housing. Right. And another fact also in that, Ben, is that, you know, we have equally thriving private industry as well. Like Baltimore is quickly becoming security and, you know, we have Under Armour, all these different companies that are absolutely there. So it's a great combination of, you know, having, you know, federal government presence, all the stable jobs and, of course, the thriving private sector as well. Yeah. And 
um just wanted to you know kind of go through as uh, you know experienced uh, as you are ben and you bring in decades of experience you've seen literally thousands of investors and things like that i wanted to ask you like what are the like key habits or routines that someone can adopt that leads to their success like what have you seen uh, out there in terms of you know people who have succeeded what were their qualities and what were those basics that attributed to their success i think um a tenacity stick to itness you have to be flexible you have to be able to change you have to be able to go with the flow uh you know the laws are constantly changing the market is constantly changing uh so you just have to be able to adapt and uh and solve problems absolutely i think you you have it there learning and being continuously flexible and adaptable becomes your key to success i yeah. love it yeah you know one of my clients and i we say we're turtles you know uh-huh. kind of we just keep plodding along you know just like we get an idea you know something comes up we just like let's work through it just take it step by step work through the problem I like that. <laughs> I like that. I remember that. The turtle the turtle methodology. <laughs> turtle wins the race. Yes. Yeah. Bit by bit sure but sure, you know. Sounds good. And also when like, you know, what could be the sort of the stumbling blocks or major failure points that someone should watch out in terms of whether it's their mindset, their attitude and things like that. What would you in comparison to real estate like what do you think are like sort of the stumbling blocks for somebody you know i think it's really important to uh approach the business with a positive attitude uh you know just to be able to come in and solve problems right. uh, there there are a lot of problems there are a lot of roadblocks there are a lot of speed bumps along the way and you just have to be able to look through those roll you know just kind of ride through those little speed bumps figure it out and move along choosing a business style having a business plan and coming up with a model and the model has to work for me so uh you know coming up with a a tenant profile that i want to serve you know a segment of the market that i want to serve and get really good at serving that market segment right. really is really important is really as a key to success when people come in and they're buying something here they're buying something there they're kind of going all over the place they're right. in low income they're in high income and it's just like it becomes too much it becomes very difficult to you know to stay with it and really understand their market so i think i, I agree with you with a market profile is very important i agree with you i think where we are also ben is i can perfectly relate to that is we concentrated on excellent neighborhoods right around our baltimore beltway they tend to be you know less crime prone and extremely like sound where people are working one of the great things we noticed was renovate the properties to a class like we all our properties have you know like new kitchens with granite finished basements we have you know completely new bathrooms and things like that so we go through all this process and at the end of the day it's really never a question that whether the house meets the tenant's requirement it's really more about does the tenant meet our criteria that we want to work with and rent to the person and once we took that those basics as you said like you know knowing your criteria getting your renovations done correctly we we just exploded like really bananas and and literally went from you know like humble you know some houses to like i mean at this point we are like over 200 at this point and predominantly section 8 we love section 8 because 
with all this uh, stringent requirement it brings and also the compliance towards the tenant we just love that fact and I think you're right about that, that knowing, you know, your criteria, sticking to it and, you know, sort of multiplying over it, we just love it. One of the pet theories that I always, you know, go after is that how real estate and personal development are extremely related. And this is a uh, this is a very topic of passion for me is that once I discovered that, you know, your customer service how you interact with people, whether it's tenants, lenders, brokers, contractors. It's it's a very small world. And the way you interact, the way you, you know, bring your positive mindset and you bring in that quality that you are basically in here for a win-win, not really a win-lose cause. So I love that. I, I'd love to, you know, uh, kind of see and echo your thoughts about how real estate and personal development are, you know, correlated. Personal integrity is extremely important. Uh, so uh, Baltimore is a small town. Everybody knows everybody. It's like, I'm not going to do one deal with you. I'm going to run into you again and again sure. and again. So it's really important to operate with a high degree of integrity. It's important to me to operate that way. Uh, more uh, And moreover, operating with the idea of service. So I want to provide a service to you, Sakar. I want to be helpful to you. I want to be in, in my interactions with tenants and with residents. I mean, as a landlord, I'm in the business of providing housing. I'm a housing provider. That's my business. So I want to make sure that I'm providing properties that are well-maintained, that are safe. I want to be responsive. I don't want to do more than I'm supposed to do, but I want to do what sure. I'm supposed to do and do it with a high degree of quality, responsiveness. I want to treat people with respect. And so these are all um, you know, qualities that I think are important for, for success in the industry. And the mindset, to have the mindset of being able to think positively, be willing to solve problems, see problems as a challenge, and uh, approach the world with integrity and, and, and honor and, and service, you know, being of service to my community. I couldn't agree more, Ben. And one of the huge things I also discovered, like when we started to grow and obviously due to our leverage, not that we were over leveraged, but you know, you have investments coming in from the banks and things like that. One of the things I realized was that that steward mentality that you said, not only that you are providing service to your tenants, but it, you are providing a stable asset class and a guarantee uh, through your assets to your bank investments that I've done. So, yeah. I mean, many, many years ago, we started to do is like, will contribute uh, automatically like over a thousand to two thousand dollars of extra payments or you know monthly extra payment towards principal so as we said in the beginning that uh, you know how your amortization schedule runs you know your principal balance goes down and things like that we wanted to show to the bankers that hey this not only this investment real estate is sound it can outperform and i can show you so what the net effect of all these things was that when they would sit at their uh, you know quarterly meetings or uh, you know biannual meetings they would review the portfolios and they would go, go crazy they were like oh wow really i mean we were at this and now we are at like such a low balance level yes like i would get continuously calls where sakari must be doing something right here is something we have do you think you can purchase this and I'm like, whoa, wait a second. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you know? So it was just something, as you said, that 
having a great integrity towards everyone and servicing everybody with that honesty, sincerity just takes you, you know, so much further. I couldn't agree. Yeah. I know, Ben, you, you've done decades of experience here. Uh, you know, if, on a lighter note, I want to ask if you could share, uh, you know, you go through so many projects and you've seen so much. If you could share anything interesting along your listings or how things turned out, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> It's just really, Sakar, it's about being a part of the community, using my creativity to make the world a better place for my having been here. That's really what, you know, what it's all about. I just try to you know, do the best I can each day and somehow it seems to have worked out okay for me. I know, I know. I, I love that analogy, uh, Ben. Yeah. And if you may, Ben, uh, I know you're short on time. How can people uh, get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, my website is very simply benfrederick.com, B-E-N-F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K.com. And uh, jump on my website, see what we got going on. Uh, on there, I, I do uh, post uh, regularly videos on how to be a better investor, how to manage properties, right. uh, how to appeal your property tax assessments, all kinds of things like that. Right. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate that advice. People can also log on to premiumcashflow.com and learn more about uh, different opportunities that we have. And we will regularly host such podcasts where we'll bring in guests and share the advice and kind of try to educate uh, the audience about how great these investment classes can be. So without further ado, Ben, I appreciate it. Thank you for your time today. And best of luck. Uh, I'm sure we'll be you know, speaking soon. You're welcome. Be well. Uh, be well. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please join us at premiumcashflow.com to sign up for weekly updates, research articles, and more. We will see you again for another great interview with an expert guest. <music>